Today's episode is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based results-driven skincare line. To get a free travel size item, use code MENTALITY at checkout with your purchase over $40. mentality my name is camera and my name is light and we are here today to talk about authenticity with the amazing mark shapiro thank you guys for having Hello. me welcome Excited welcome to be here Excited. delicious tea yeah <laughs> yes let's let's cheers yes oh, cheers please. let's do that yes. it's become like a tradition now so oh, oh, there a little spillage the there yeah well that's what we do we spill the tea on the psyche so <laughs> nice. we're doing it today i like <laughs> yes i that is exactly what we're doing today both <laughs> literally and figuratively <laughs> very flavorful i like it yeah good yeah apologies it's like it's warm i didn't it was yeah oh no. well <laughs> we're really excited to have Mark here today. He has his own podcast called Are You Being Real, which is fantastic and kind of goes into personal stories of different people and their creative journeys and their vulnerability. And I think it's a really, really great concept. And I think that you're a great person that we can have on to talk about authenticity, the digital age and mental health. My, so. but I'll do my best. I'm just practicing authenticity like uh, every one of us on a <laughs> daily basis. Yeah. How long have you been doing the podcast? Been doing it for four years. Wow. Crazy how fast Much longer than us. We're almost at, almost at a year. Almost, almost a year. Almost well, how, how does it feel to be doing it for four years? I cannot believe it's been four years. And <laughs> in some regards, I'm so happy with you know, how the show has evolved. And then you know, I also am like, where did four years go? So what was the impetus of the, the podcast? The impetus of the podcast was I realized that I wasn't fully living authentic in my own life. Mm -hmm. And as someone who had an older brother and, you know, grew up in this world that we live in, there's just constant distractions. And I think at its core, we've got our parents and we're kids teaching us what's right and wrong and basically telling us to stay in line and to follow their instructions and to follow their directions. And at the same time, we want the love of our parents. So sometimes we can form a little bit in order to get that love that we seek. And then cut to doing that on repeat for every day about for 30 every years. person you've ever met. Exactly. That together with just the social pressures that I experienced in grade school and in college and wanting to find my place in the world and succumbing to peer pressure, all the filters that we're living in today. There's just so much noise everywhere. And I definitely got lost in all of the noise and was just kind of doing what was expected of me. Yeah. And when I got divorced six years ago, that was the big wake up call for me to take a look at my life and to really assess what parts of my life felt true to me and then what parts of my life did I feel like I was just trying to keep up with the Joneses and there was a lot of changes that I needed to make in my life. Yeah. And uh, one of them was just to go down a path of self-discovery to really look at if my life could look whatever way I'd want it to, mm -hmm. what would I choose? And I started kind of taking one step at a time and I ultimately decided to leave my career to start a podcast about being real. It sounds crazy, but wow. that's kind of how it went just down. Took the diet. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you kind of explained it a little bit is what do you feel is authenticity to you? Get its core, it's it's being who you believe 
you want your world to be and like who you are? Sure. Well, I think you can look at it a lot in a lot of different lenses. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think the first most important thing is in this world with so many noises and distractions, so many people in our ears, we've got the news, we've got social media, and then we've got our own inner critics. And I don't know about yours, but mine's pretty loud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mine, yeah. mine has a speakerphone. <laughs> it does. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised this microphone doesn't hear it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's like really moment to moment in terms of connecting to what is my truth and what is my motive in this moment? I mean, do I, am I doing something because I'm honoring myself? Or am I doing something in order to get validation from somebody else to feel like I'm understood or fitting in? And I think that to me is like really where it starts is really being on a moment to moment basis, not just accepting things for what they are, but to actually challenge them being like, is this really what I want to do right now? Or, you know, just because I've been, you know, working this job for 10 years and it's exactly what I wanted to do 10 years ago. Is this still like what I really want to be doing with my life? Yeah, people change. Yeah, for sure. People you do grow change. And change. So. Sometimes big changes like that is really what makes you reflect and understand who you are. 100%. So. Yeah. So I just love to be in the question. So that really is what authenticity is to me because I realize that when I have the courage to be authentic, I'm going to be more connected to what my truth is, which I believe is the key to actually feeling happy and fulfilled. Because if I'm not doing something that really is fulfilling for me, then I'm going to be exhausted. It's going to drain my energy and uh, I'm just going to wear myself out. So I think it's really important to, to be authentic to one, connect to yourself and your own truth so you can set yourself up to be happy and to go down a path that you do want to go into. But then also the other piece is to connect with other people. Yeah. Because when we have the courage to be real with other people and not just give people lip service or just to talk about superficial kind of How's circumstantial other stuff. Right. It's like, I mean, those are the easy conversations <laughs> to have and there's a time and a place yeah. and an entryway into deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. But what I've certainly found is that when I have the courage to be authentic, to express how I'm feeling, uh, to express a truth or an observation that I have about someone else, if I convey it in a loving way, that to me, that is just the pathway for connection. And I know that sometimes I feel isolated and sometimes I feel out of touch with other people. And I think by being real, it's just such a great way to instantly connect. You know, what made you want, what made you jump from Showtime to doing this real podcast? Like, what was it about, okay, I not just I want to start a podcast and change my life from this, like, industry. I want to do a podcast about being authentic and being real. Like, what was it inside that kind of made you realize that was it? Sure, it's kind of comical. So <laughs> the little context is I was doing a lot of emotional intelligence work and uh, personal development trainings just because whenever I had the courage to look within and do some self-development stuff and set goals and execute them, that I would grow so much and I'd see tangible results in my life. So I did a six-month emotional intelligence program where I learned how to create and facilitate my own emotional intelligence trainings. So I did one on authenticity, which is an abstract concept, and 50 people showed up and uh, people were making changes in their lives as a result of it. And I was just thinking to myself, how is this even possible? I'm just like making this stuff up and winging it. <laughs> yeah. It was it, like work for people. So I asked myself the question, I think I've got something here. Mm -hmm. How can I share this with more people? And at that time, I barely ever posted anything on social media, so I didn't really have a wide reach. So I thought to myself, oh, a podcast seems like a logical choice. It, I really didn't have a good reason mm -hmm. to choosing a podcast, aside from I was scared to put myself on video at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say my voice is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's been where we're at. We're like, 
Yeah. Got voices. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I saw other people with successful podcasts and I figured, oh, I could bring on people that I know that are super inspiring and people I know who are like not afraid to open up and maybe share things that aren't just going to make them look good. They're going to share about their real human experience, their shared truths, as I like to call them. And so that's kind of how I decided to start a podcast. But the fu- kind of the funny reason as to why I left Showtime is as I was launching this podcast, I was hoping to continue to work my corporate job and have this podcast about cool. being real. And I realized I didn't even watch TV anymore. I was that's working like at Showtime whole, Networks. That, that's a very, uh, two different worlds there. Yeah. Let me work in the corporate world and also be authentic. I, totally. <laughs> so it was not even authentic for me. It was it was more of, you know, paid good money and I was good at it and I'd get promoted and make more money every couple of years. So I wanted to kind of rise that path as long as I could. But at that point, it just didn't make sense. And I thought to myself, if this podcast about being real and a career and speaking and supporting yeah. people and connection, if that was going to be my path, then uh, I should probably choose to authentically and fully pursue it. So I can't believe it's been four years already, but yeah. uh, it has. Not just dipping your toe in, like totally. actually going for, for it. it. Which, I mean, is is inspiring in itself for the message that you have of being authentic because, you know, it, it wouldn't feel as authentic if you were like, yeah, I do this, like, on my off time. But, like, if this is you're 100% committing it, then that inspires other people to 100% commit to their authenticity us. too. <laughs> yeah. So what was the, you, you spoke to us about the, the moment that you're like, okay, this is when I need to change. But what was the, what was the next step? Cause I imagine it wasn't like podcast. <laughs> no, definitely not. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, How do you start a it. podcast besides our way? <laughs> <laughs> At the time I thought to myself, all right, if I'm going to leave this good paying job to start a podcast about being real, how am I going to make money with this? That was initially the first thought, but I was also naive and I was also a dreamer. Mm -hmm. So I told myself at the time, well, I'll continue to do these workshops and I'll do some maybe one-on-one coaching. I'll do some group programs. I'll do some corporate trainings. Mm -hmm. I'll get sponsors for the podcast because, you know, there's going to be so many people listening. That's what I was telling myself. All the people, everyone. Making up people that didn't (laughs) exist. Yeah. My audience that's already there. Yeah. So that's what I told myself and that kind of heightened me up uh, at the start, you know, the funny thing and the r- realistic thing is that's not really how it went down. And it's, it's funny because a lot of people hit me up. I'm sure they probably hit you guys up too about yeah. starting podcasts. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a really fun thing to have a podcast and to have yeah. a vehicle platform to speak your truth and have fun and, you know, interview cool people, whatever your format is. But yeah everyone kind of thinks that their idea or their show is going to be a big hit. And it's not to say that it's not good. It's just, it is a very loud, noisy landscape where, I mean, everyone has a podcast these days. I, yep. I think even my grandma, yeah. well, she, yeah, she actually grandma's doesn't podcast. even know. My grandma doesn't even have a smartphone, so she probably doesn't, but everybody else but my grandma. <laughs> everyone, except for her. She's yeah. actually the one. Yeah, it's true. It's everyone. There is so much out there and you're also competing against people who have infinite more amount of funds than you do, you know, with marketing campaigns and celebrities and all of that stuff. So it is, it's difficult to be like, I'm going to start a podcast. You have to really want to do it and and do it at first, not just for like the views or for the money, uh, because that's not really what comes first. (laughs) (laughs) It's really the love of wanting to do that and wanting to speak and wanting to share stories. 100%. I didn't really think that it would ultimately look the way that it has. And having a show about being real, I mean, that's naturally what I think a lot of why people tune in is they find it refreshing to hear people mm-hmm. talking about things that aren't you know generally talked about on social media. We live in a world where we're kind of conditioned to want to look good, to kind of look like we've got it all together. And I think you know, on a primal level, 
we used to do that back in the day because if we showed any vulnerabilities, we literally would be People probably pounce on you. You'd be yeah. pounce, you know, you'd yeah. be kicked out of your tribe, and you yep. probably you, you wouldn't serve actually survive. Now that's well, not like even the case down today, to, obviously. Yeah, even down to a fundamental level, I mean, mountain lions would see that fear. They would see the hesitation and they would literally pounce. You they know, would yeah. Literally pounce. You don't yeah. want you to, would be toast. We're you we're toast. you know, we evolved to not want to ever show vulnerabilities because that means that, you know, you you could literally die back then, <laughs> you know, if you did. It's speaking of podcasts, people like to tune to authenticity. And I've noticed that some of the most successful ones are yeah, people want to hear that authentic kind of voice because otherwise it's it's the same as everything else out there. Well, vulnerability you know? is very in right now. I think people are kind of sick and tired of the whole, my life is perfect. This is the perfect life to live when they want someone to reflect what they've gone through. For sure. The or Instagram ex- posts. The, yeah. No one wants the whole like, oh, Hashtag look at bless. how... Look well, my life is not perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my life is definitely not perfect. Well, people want to go deep and they want to learn how to do it because I don't. I think in the the society that social media has created, it hasn't yeah. really given us the proper landscape of how to do that or how to even do that via social media without crying out for help. For sure. So, yeah. yeah, and we we live in a in a culture where we have all of these people just posting about all of the good things in their life. And it makes us feel not good because in ourselves, we know everything's not perfect. And then seeing everyone else post perfect things, we constantly are looking back on ourselves. So which is why I think putting things out there that is authentic, like your podcasts, uh, our podcasts, things like that, where you can look and it's like, you know, not everyone's life is... (laughs) Not everyone's life is perfect, so that means that I'm actually... Let's explore the nitty-gritty and also the the vulnerability side. And you have an interesting way that you've taken on social media. Uh, From your TED Talk, that was a really powerful thing that you did within Facebook, if you want to explain Thanks, and you know what I saw on uh, social media today? Your birthday was two days ago? Yeah, I I wish that we were friends on Facebook. I would have sent you a video. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we found out, we just, uh, our last guest, we found out that they shared the same birthday. That was so weird. On the podcast. Yeah. Yep. That's so cool. Oh, hey, I'm a Taurus. Oh, I'm a Taurus too. Oh, when's your birthday? Oh, yesterday. Oh, really? My birthday was yesterday too. So yesterday. Yeah, I wanted to to go into that to yeah. talk a little bit. If you can, uh, how did that come about? So, I guess just to give everyone a little bit of context. Yeah. So for the last two and a half years, every single day I'll go into Facebook and I'll see whose birthdays it is, and I'm sure you guys you know do that too. Some days you have a couple birthdays. Some days there's a lot of birthdays. But about two and a half years ago, after my dad died, uh, I started sending a personalized video to every single one of those people whose birthdays show up on my Facebook feed every single day. So That's a lot re- of videos. It's a lot of videos. I've sent over 6,000 videos at this Jeez. point to about 3,000 different people. I've got 3,000 Facebook friends. The reason why it started is my dad passed away from Alzheimer's disease. He had young onset Alzheimer's, which is which is rare, but uh, he was sick for about 18 years. And I had documented a lot of the journey publicly because uh, it was therapeutic for me and it got a pretty good response. So when he finally passed away, I made a post about announcing his death on social media and I got, I think, 200 comments and you know several hundred likes. It was like my most like enga- like engaging Engage, post yeah. ever, which is sad, but you know it's a major life event. Yeah. And I could tell like so many of these people, they wrote such beautiful messages to me that were so thoughtful, just mm-hmm. on my wall or sending me direct messages. 
And I wanted to show my gratitude. You know, my dad had just died and I didn't really know how to cope with it, even though I knew it was coming because he was sick for so long. And that's essentially what happens at the end of Alzheimer's because there's no way to treat it or to cure it. That's one of and my so biggest fears. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, bru- it's brutal. So yeah. like, how do I respond to all these people? And I started just kind of writing people back it was taking me a long time for every single response. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is taking forever. I'm getting aggravated, trying to choose all my words so wisely that I just took out my phone and started sending voice memos Mm -hmm. to all these people. And what I realized very quickly after sending one, two, three, five, ten of these voice memos, that it was not only quicker then mm-hmm. typing out paragraph responses to these people. Making sure messages. it looks good and like the grant and like, okay, how will they receive For that sure. yeah. and all that? All of that, right. I just There's no up, sarcasm I, text yet. <laughs> Why that hasn't been invented, I don't know. You're right. <laughs> so I just like hit record and I spoke from my heart and it would take me like, you know, I'd rap for anywhere from like 15 to 45 seconds. Just thank you so much for thinking of me. And, you know, it's been a tough journey. I don't really know how to cope, but uh, I really appreciate you for your love. Yeah. Thank you so much. And so I, it was, it would take quicker. It was quicker for me to just respond in that way. Mm-hmm. So I did that and I was like, wow, this is so awesome. Like not only was it quicker, I feel like people could actually hear me, but it was also therapeutic to speak it through. And I'm like, how do I take this type of concept and apply this into my daily life. Mm. And that's when I came up with the crazy idea to start sending birthday videos to everyone. I know it's not like a perfect, no, like, that's awesome. No, no, it's that's, similarity there. I love that. That's, that's, great. That's, that's where it started. I remember the first day when I looked at whose birthdays it was, there were like all these people who I hadn't seen in like 20 years yeah. and had barely any kind of active, real <laughs> present relationship with, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. Wow. And uh, I, I was really bad at it at yeah. the start, probably super duper awkward. <laughs> and what the is t- this video I'm getting time, from this person? So I'd send them all through Facebook Messenger. And at the time, Facebook Messenger capped video recording time at 15 seconds within the app. They've since increased it to 20 seconds. But Ooh, I would try to jam pack seconds. 20 seconds into 15 seconds, which it was just kind of weird, I think. Yeah. But uh, what was really amazing, what I learned from that is just how easy it is to nurture a relationship. So it has completely transformed my relationship. As I mentioned, I've sent over 6,000 personalized videos now. I can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, to like 3,000 people. I'm the kind of guy who used to not even post on social media in fear now of being judged. 6, and now videos. I'm like, like <laughs> selfie style video, even on days when I look like, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say a hot mess, like a disgusting mess uh, <laughs> that, I, that I'd send these videos. People would like would send me the most appreciative responses. Mm. Like, oh my God, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to send me this birthday video like it's way better than like a tbd wall post man so. i hate it because uh. also you spell my uh, my name is z-a-c-k it was always frustrating because it'd be like hbd zach with an h and i was like nah <laughs> and you spelled my name wrong <laughs> and you spelled my name wrong <laughs> yeah. i know i know how that goes uh, yeah as a person yeah. who has a, a weird name <laughs> so yeah i mean for me on a personal level just doing it every day it's like yeah. a daily ritual and, and gratitude being appreciative of the people in my life and you know some people are like very close friends mm-hmm. some people are people like i haven't seen in years. Some people are like people that I met at a random party four years ago and like either I added them on Facebook or they added me, but I haven't seen them. They still get a birthday video. But I think one of my biggest takeaways from it is that when I see someone that I haven't seen in a really long time and I run into them in public, these are the types of people where there's not really an active relationship going on that would be probably 
incredibly awkward if we spoke to each other. Or sometimes, like, these are the kind of people that you would avoid. You're like, hey, is that that person? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Walking, I'm not sure. Keep, keep walking. walking, right? <laughs> so now, either I'll approach them or they'll approach me, and we're instantly in a meaningful conversation. Oh, wow. So that 15, 20 second video that I send creates an instant connection the next time I see the person. So we don't have to have some of that superficial jargon about the weather. We are so kind of primed to not want to dive into that deep stuff like super quickly. You know, we, we always want to do that small talk of just like, yeah, things are, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. All right. Awesome talk. All right. All right. <laughs> the, that's it. You know? And, um, me personally, I, I love talking about that, that deeper stuff. And it's incredible that just a 15 second, 20 second video. It connects them. It's yeah. wild. It's wild. Have you guys read the uh, the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie? I have it on my to. Audible account. It's <laughs> <laughs> sitting there. Well, you'll get yeah. you'll get through it in like five seconds if you're listening on three X. Yeah, I just before this, just to give us some context. I tell I told him that I listened to my podcast on three times speed. <laughs> so when I'm on my hour and a half commute, so I I did the the math and I listened to almost four months of podcasts a year. Wow, according to. That, oh. that is really incredible. You got to write a book on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, there you right? go. There's your book. Yeah. yeah. How has that book been effective for you? Yeah. So uh, thank you. So the, one of the main principles in the book is just like in this kind of obvious reminder that what people want more than anything else from other people is to simply feel important. We all want to yeah. feel we're important and, you know, that importance validates. But I think the easiest way that we can show somebody else that they're important is by just giving our attention. Get that, right? Yeah. Simply giving somebody else your attention is all that it takes. And I like I, I'll use this as an example. You know, if you're walking down the street and you know, see see a homeless person, that you know, oftentimes their homeless people are just are are, are not seen at all. And, and I think it's you invisible. know due to you know the person walking down the street, maybe their own discomfort. And I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I don't yeah. look at that as well. But sometimes they don't feel human because they're literally not seen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like an extreme example of like how easy it is just to paying attention to someone saying, Hey, like I see you, even if it's just like smiling at someone or like, you know, sending someone just a thoughtful text saying, Hey, thinking of you, how you doing? Like that makes such a profound impact. Yeah. Right. I like, it sounds like even crazy that I'm like yeah. saying this in a passionate way. Yeah. But you know, we, I mean, I would love that. I would love if I just looked at my phone and it was a text from somebody who I haven't talked to in years. And it's just like, Hey, I was just thinking about, or I was at this thing and was just yeah. thinking about you, how you doing? Right. I get that from friends I talk to. Right. And that's, that's one of my I love close it. friends from a long time ago. Uh, shout out to Perry. Uh, <laughs> she was a friend of mine in high school and I moved away to Utah at my last year of high school. I didn't talk to her when I was at Chapman, when I went to university and talked to her when I moved out to LA. All I knew is she's studying something, maybe science or economics. I'm like, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know. I don't think about her. Numbers. And then she moved down to LA to to become an actress and to do kind of the industry work. She texted me out of the blue, just like, how are you doing? I've been like kind of seeing what you've been doing and I want us to connect. And it made my day. And then yeah. when we actually did connect, it was amazing. I'm like, wow, we have so much in common that I never knew. And I would have completely forgotten about if you had never reached out again. And sometimes that's yeah. all it takes, right? Is yeah. just one person to make that leap of just sending the happy birthday over a video or saying good morning or hey, I was just thinking about you. And sometimes that's all it takes. R- is for that, sure. I mean, yeah. I think that what definitely I've learned that it's not about the time because I mean, I, I know today I have 
there's 12 birthdays on Facebook. And, <laughs> How did, okay, and so, it's going to take me, like, yeah. I haven't done it yet today, but 12 <laughs> of them will take me two to three minutes. Okay. So it's not about the time. Yeah. It's more about the energy. Yeah. yeah. So it's about the energy that to exude that. Cause it is a selfie style video. Like it's, you know, it's I'm my sure face. that, yeah, you don't want that so, 12th person to feel like they were the 12th person. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to do that like from the toilet. Yeah. You know, like, so like I can't multitask like that. The, I guess the point that I'm making, so it's, it's not about time. It's about energy as well as making the time. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many other things that are going on in our lives. And like, I, like, I know for me, I don't know if you, like, I'm sure you guys probably relate, but there'll be like a time, like you'll think of someone and maybe have a nostalgic thought about them mm-hmm. and you, you know, you'll be driving, you'll be doing something else and you won't let them know. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a travesty in this world where like loneliness is like a legitimate we're epidemic capable. where we're capable, where it's we're capable and it's easy and it doesn't have to be like, all right, I'm going to call this person up. We're going to talk for 20 minutes. I'm going to mail like, them a letter that'll get their six months. Right. <laughs> it's literally something as simple as just being like, Hey, I thought of you. You're awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I mean, literally it could take as long as that, especially if you send a voice memo, that's it. Just hitting record and doing that. Yeah. And it will make their day and it'll feel so good to know that you did it. I think that uh, that's really awesome. So I'm kind of a believer like in this social media space, which it's kind of ironic that we are more connected than ever yet mm. with the things that we talked about before about social media with, with envy and people just, sh- you know, sharing their highlight reels. You know, it looks like they're constantly, you know, living their best life, except that was just a moment that represents what their best life looks like. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think the truth literally of the matter. just a snapshot of, of the best moment of that so, one moment that sometimes 30 shots to get. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think like with anything else, there's been innovations obviously in transportation with cars and airplanes that allow us to see the world innovations in health and medicine. I see a big innovation in actually connection coming down the pipeline and Facebook is struggling. They are struggling. They're starting to make, I mean, not just because of the security stuff, but people are stopping to use the platform for all the reasons that that we're talking about. So months ago, that's what I meant. (laughs) So people are really looking for the connection. That is, that is the piece. So what excites me is that I think there's so much more relational space to be filled. We all want to feel connected to other people. It makes us feel more connected to ourselves. I'm really excited. What's what's going to come? And I, I'm I'm building an app that's hopefully going to be part of the solution. Oh, that's, oh, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. I've said this before, but I feel like that's why like board games and card games and such like that have been so popular in the last few years. It's I feel like people are craving that authentic connection, and it's not just that superficial, just scrolling through a page. Oh, there they are. There they are. It's you know they're it's actually interacting with that person across from a table and such like that. Uh, how do you recommend? someone tap into that authenticity within themselves for their, for their own, I guess, give me an example. I think I can better answer it. I think if, if someone wanted to get out there and do kind of things that you're saying of Mm -hmm. like, you know, feeling comfortable going out there and and texting someone just, Hey, thinking about you or not thinking about how it's going to make them look on social media. Yeah. Things like that. How would you recommend someone get that courage to be themselves? Sure. I'd say the first thing is when you have a desire to do something Mm -hmm. to do it. And like, there's going to be that inner critic that's going to come up. That's going to probably challenge you. Like, what are people going to think? You know, like, this is not what you normally do. It's not going to be worth it. Like all the stories that we tell ourselves, Oh, I'll do it later. Like yada, yada, yada. That stuff never goes away. Mm -hmm. But by taking a risk and doing something once, whether it's you know, reaching out to someone that you've been meaning to contact for a while. Here's a better example. There's someone who reached out to you and you haven't gotten back to them. And 
the longer it's taking, I have like a lot the, of those right, right the, now. <laughs> like the, the longer the time lapses, the more yeah. awkward we feel it is to respond to that person, mm-hmm. which in reality, that is what makes it worse. The fact that we're not responding, mm-hmm. just being like owning up to it and saying something kind and thoughtful back to the person will completely solve that situation. Will completely mm-hmm. resolve it. Yes, it will. Yet, oftentimes, <laughs> just oftentimes, it yeah, <laughs> oftentimes, being in that discomfort gets in the way from doing something that is like the simple cure. It's the it's the simple thing to solve that. So, I think in terms of authenticity in general, I think it's just acting, not getting lost in that inner voice, but like trusting. Like, you know, if you felt something nice about someone and you felt inclined to share it with them, go for it. Yeah, go for it. They're going to actually love it, and you're going to feel great. So I think doing it once and then just starting to like, it's like going to the gym with anything with like yeah. vulnerability and putting yourself out there that, you know, you do something once and then you're like, okay, I can do that. And then you do it a second time. It's like a little bit easier than the first. And then it just gets easier and easier and easier to the point where it's like, you're sending, per, sending personalized yeah. videos to everyone, you know, every day. Next so, thing you know, you're sending 6,000 videos. Yeah, right. so, <laughs> I mean, it takes 21 days to get into your head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what happened. But I think, you know, we all can think of instances in our lives when there was something, maybe it was a food that we never could have imagined liking, but there's some sort of you know, thing in our lives for you with spinach, <laughs> spinach where we think like, Blech. oh, that's just not who I am. I could never see myself doing that. And then you do it once and you're like, oh, this is good. And it becomes the, the new status quo. So yeah. the nice thing is that's available to us for absolutely anything and everything. We just need to be open to it and to start kind of changing our habit loops that stop us from doing new things. I have noticed just in the the time span of doing this podcast, I've got, I've been, as you said, it's gotten easier and easier to just be like, oh yeah, you know, uh, I noticed this uh, even just a couple of days ago on a conscious level, someone asked me, how, how are you doing? And I know that years ago it would just be, I'm doing okay. And then, or doing good, you know, and then that would be kind of the end of that question. Um, But now it's like, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little, you know. I'm struggling today, but we're, you know, we're getting through it or something like that, you know, and I've noticed that that's liberating. It's liberating to it feel like I have the, the ability. Right. Yeah. Like you also feel like now, like kind of after having, even though we have a small platform, but just kind of feeling like we're able to voice our concerns and voice other people's concerns. We mm-hmm. can, we now have that. We are honest people. And so if, if you get that, how are you doing text? You want to be open and honest about it, not like tell your whole story, but like the good is not what we want to sure. just cover it up with. We we are honest and we're spilling our tea about what, what's actually going on. So I am so with you. And with that said, there's sometimes when I just don't want to open up. Yeah. And, and I that's think that's too. I think that's OK, too. I think like the like the big lesson is just to lean into that vulnerability, maybe a little bit more than mm-hmm. than you normally would. If there is someone that, you know, you love and you feel comfortable with to have the courage to maybe say the thing that you're biting your tongue about yeah. because it's, you know, it's you always so liberating. You don't necessarily have to jump off the cliff. You can like yeah. climb down the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just when we're not vulnerable, yeah. we isolate ourselves in our own problems and our own challenges. When we do that, it only makes it worse. Yeah. And not only does it make it worse, maybe that story that we're telling ourselves about why we're, you know, for me, like sometimes I tell myself I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not actively voicing out what I'm going through with other people, then I just get further lost in the old, in the BS stories that I'm telling myself. So I think it's a, it's liberating, but, and B, the other person can relate and like, can then show up as like a good friend or as a good coworker or what, you know, whatever it may be. 
um, and create a space for that person to open up and share as well. But also when we're open about what our challenges are or what we're out there to accomplish, then other people actually have the opportunity to give us the support that we want and we need. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If they don't know what is actually bothering you or don't know even who you actually are, it's a lot harder for them to cling on to you, you know, you as a genuine friend and be able to help you in a genuine way. I've I've certainly noticed that that's that's been a lot easier with coworkers and friends and such of since they know where I'm coming from now, or at least I'm trying to be as authentic as I can, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for them to be like, hey, I, like, I know, I know you. So I feel like, you know, maybe you can try this, you know, whereas I noticed before that I would always kind of clam up and it'd be difficult for people to be able to offer assistance because they don't really know who I am, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it would be hard for me myself to do that because I wouldn't feel like I was even in tune with myself um, to be able to know what was the best way forward for a situation. Today's episode is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. Osea puts your health and the health of our planet first with potent skincare solutions that are pure, safe, and effective. Formulated with all skin concerns in mind, Osea makes products infused with sustainability-sourced, organic, Patagonian seaweed, and active botanicals. Nutrient and mineral-rich bioavailable base allows products to easily absorb into the skin and effectively target multiple skin concerns. Osea can help relieve and illuminate your natural radiance, whether you're looking for hydration, oil balancing, anti-aging, or blemish solutions. Every product is sustainably packaged, non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. I love Osea because as a person with rosacea and sensitive skin, it's really great to be able to use products that are natural and not going to be toxic and be harming your skin. I've used so many products in the past that it's not good to my skin. It would make me break out so much in products like that. Like was- sandpaper. <laughs> Not sandpaper, no. But the products like Osea's and their mists and their oils just are so good to your skin. And I'm just so excited to be able to work with such a great company and be able to use such wonderful products that will help my rosacea. And it's just really good to my skin and very natural. And as an environmental and eco activist, I am very happy that they have basically sustainably packaged materials too. So please check out Osea and their wonderful products. Use code mentality at checkout for free travel size item of your choice with purchase of $40 or more. Be sure to add travel size to cart when you check out. Thanks Osea. We love your skincare. And now back to the show. For sure. One of the things for me is whether my girlfriend or one of my friends will say one of these two things usually, are you maybe taking things a little too seriously right now? Yeah. I'm like, yep. (laughs) Or sounds about right. (laughs) Or is it possible that maybe you're being just a little too tough on yourself? Like, yeah. That's it. That's the <laughs> As I always seem to be doing. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to go into, in sure. the la- one of the last episodes of your podcast, you talked about kind of authentic connection and love and relationships and how you've been on a, you were on a journey before you met your, your current partner yeah. of just finding love in this kind of really interesting way. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> well, talking, talking about love is one of my favorite things because yeah. I've wanted it all of my life, like I know many of us. Uh, but when I was 19, I met who I thought I was going to be with forever. 
and we were together for 11 years. We were married, and uh, ultimately we grew apart and got divorced when I was 31. And so here I am going back into the dating world, having no confidence about dating, but also sure, yeah, I was going to say I'm sure after 11 years, <laughs> after 11 yeah. years, it's, it's like got to be hard to yeah. jump into. So wanting love so badly, I'm like, I'm going to do anything and everything to attract in this amazing, perfect, authentic partner. And six years later, still single, like pretty damn frustrating, especially when you've gone out on 150 first dates. So I think there's a movie a, called that. Yeah. Oh, that's 50 <laughs> first dates. 50 first, I've got that by you've 100. You've got 100. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I remember them. Yeah, I definitely. Well, I do them. remember because uh, I did have a spreadsheet at one point <laughs> tracking them. That's how obsessed I was. Take that, Adam Sandler. But, uh, you know, I also realized, you know, I went on a lot of first dates and I think there's a number of reasons why it took so long to get into a relationship that like, I'm so excited to be in. I love my girlfriend. We just met five months ago and moved in after three weeks. Wow. But, um, but I felt like I was very clear on what I was looking for in a partner. And at the same time, not overly like too serious about it. Like I was still open. Maybe the person that I ultimately fall in love with is not going to come in like the shape or form that I thought. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've read the blog before. If it's not a fuck yeah, it's a no. I think I'm sorry if I swear. Oh, go right ahead. You're, you're you know, I've heard like... that kind of thing before. Yeah. And, you know, just kept putting myself out there. No, 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 no. Oh, close miss. Oh, that one really hurt. No, 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 no. And just, I was very frustrated with this kind of like endless swiping and superficiality, judging, ghosting kind of world that I know a lot of us who are single have experienced mm -hmm. that. So I do have a girlfriend now. And if you're expecting me now to share a foolproof way of finding <laughs> the one, I don't have that I'm for wait, you. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> but, I can, but I can share a couple of valuable tips yeah. that... I've learned, hmm. I've learned in my journey. And the first one is to continue to put yourself out there. You know, you're not going to find love if you're just sitting at home. And to also, as Jen, my girlfriend says, is to be open to all the different modalities of dating. So whether you think that you're going to meet your person, you know, in line at the supermarket, or they're just going to naturally walk into your life, like, yes, that might happen. And that would be such a good story. That yeah. would be yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But online dating does work. You know, there's a lot of success stories that come with some of the annoying things that come with online yeah. dating. There's, you can also hire a matchmaker if that's your thing or <laughs> be or express yeah. to your friends what you're looking for in a partner and get set up on dates. Yeah. So I've I think met girlfriends it, on online and I've also had friends who have had successful like official matchmaking people, you know, put them together and I'm like, that's awesome. Sure. <laughs> so I think it's just important. It's not about how you meet them. It's meeting them, right? Like you want to yeah. attract the, you know, like, yes, it's nice to have a nice story that you're excited to tell, but it's going to be a great story if you find great love anyway. So yep. not to be overly attached to that story of how you think it's supposed to look. So that's yeah, kind of the first fairy one. Tale Put yourself out version. there, right? Yeah. The second would be to have a really clear vision on that. And I think like, yeah, we all know that. Like, know what you want. Know what your red flags are. Know what you don't want. Like a lot of us have heard, like, how do you want to feel, you know, in relationship? <laughs> or who do you need to be to to be in that relationship. But I think all those things are only as good as how often you check in with them. 
Because I know for me, going out on a lot of dates, sometimes I would just, I wouldn't look at what my vision was for my dream woman for, you know, months. And it's like one of those things like Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich, like if you want something so bad, like connect to what it is that you want and how it feels and what you're going to give in order to call that in when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night. So I think it's really important not only to have that clear vision to, but like really be be in touch with it on a consistent basis. Yeah. Well, also shift, I'm sure. As you grow older and wiser and different things happen to you, those things might shift. Yeah. Priority of different things yeah. as well as to yeah. what's most most important, someone who's who's there for you and, and you feel like you can be completely yourself with exactly. or someone who's just really hot. Yep, yeah, so, yeah. exactly. Uh, the third is to, to listen to your gut and to live in integrity with that vision. I know I'd grow impatient from time to time and I would just you know go out with people that I thought were really hot or look good on paper, but the chemistry wasn't really there. So trust your gut. Uh, With that said, I think also be aware of if you're just scared. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes like that concept of like, oh, if it's not a fuck yeah, it's a no. Well, it can still be a fuck yeah, and you can still be scared as shit (laughs) to put yourself out there, And you tell yourself it's a no. (laughs) And then you tell yourself it's a no. So, you know, really, really listening to your gut and to your body, honoring that, because when we don't honor that we find ourselves you know it's like one month of dating someone becomes three months becomes six months and it's a year and like all of a sudden you're like shit i just like wasted a year with someone who it was like it wasn't all bad but like this is not what i really want i've certainly had moments where it was a no and i just forced that puzzle piece to to (laughs) be a fuck yeah and it was just like this is going to be yeah Yeah, this will work and it's you know the puzzle piece is bending and everything it's like this is perfect (laughs) and then the last two of the kind of the pieces of wisdom number four is to be open and honest in your communication like this kind of goes back to everything that we're talking about here on this episode where be open about what you want and what your intentions are. So whether you just want to hook up with someone or you are looking for the one, you want to have a family, the type of lifestyle you want, you know, let yourself be seen on these dates because if we don't share who we are, then we're just kind of prolonging it and chancing it and putting ourselves in situations that we don't want. And I think that like it's the ultimate test to put yourself out there. And if the person feels like aligned and feels like your partner, then great. And if not, okay, this was awesome. Let's move on. So being open. And I think the lesson here is just being a little bit, maybe more open and vulnerable when you're out there meeting someone than you normally would be without sharing your deepest, darkest secrets on the first day. Cause like that never works. I mean, I've tried it. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Yeah. I've had that too. And away. it's just like, Ooh, that's, that was a lot. That was, <laughs> that's, that's a lot to know about somebody who I've yeah. never met before. I, I'm sure that it, like that, especially that last one that also yeah. just ultimately makes it easier because you're, you're able to be like, you know what, this is, this is me and this is you. And unfortunately these things don't align, but it makes it so much easier to just kind of recognize that versus, if you're not that in tune with yourself or with the things that you want and you get to the point where you're just like, well, uh, let's go on 10 more dates. And then, like you said, you start dating for years. You don't to make anything work just because it's like, oh, it should work. It, it sounds good on paper or this yeah. this person's great. Why don't I like them? Yeah, like, for, You don't have to force something. For me, my challenge was I wanted it so badly. I just <laughs> wanted that love. I wanted that connection. I wanted it so badly. And that's what really forced my rhythm into spending so much time on the dating apps and, and so forth. So that 
that leads to like number five, which I think is like my biggest lesson and takeaway and like piece of wisdom based on my experience that I would give to anyone who's listening, who might be in a similar situation, or maybe you have a friend who is frustrated with the perils of online <laughs> dating today. Yeah, but that is to have, fun. yeah, is to have faith and have fun and, you know, simply to be you, because I know that there was just so many times when I was trying to force it. And when I looked at like the whole thing, like a chore and not to say that it's going to come easy, but being patient, I think is the key. And, you know, knowing that you are worthy of the love that you seek, the exact kind of partner that you want and that, you know, you're exactly who you need to be and you're beautiful just the way you are. It doesn't mean there isn't still opportunity to work on yourself, but I think that it is a great opportunity when you are seeking love, just continue to work on yourself, enjoy the process. And at some point, love is going to show up. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I love what, sh- uh, what you said there too, is that even being genuine with yourself also means knowing that you can always improve as well. You know, there are always things that you can work on yourself as well. Um, I know that was a big revelation for me in dating was realizing that it wasn't like the problems of the relationship weren't a hundred percent on the other person either. There were issues that I had that I need to work through as well and recognizing that and working on those things. And that'll help in future relationships as well. (laughs) You know, when you're just like, Hey, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit too much for doing this one thing and I should, uh, I should chill on that and like get better at it. When it comes to dating and relationships, I've kind of realized I'll put out these things that I want in in people. I'm like, well, how am I reflecting that? How Mm -hmm. am I giving that back as well. Can I work on that in myself first before I just place that on another human being to be what I need that I maybe I'm just not giving myself first because mm-hmm. I want to be a full person before that person comes into my life. Of so. course. Or projecting yeah, those needs. It, yeah. yeah. Or projecting those needs. Onto, oh, yeah. yeah. That projection does not lead to healthy relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need you to be this right now. Because I don't have it in myself. So. Yeah. Well, I'm not that person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's something that I definitely need to work on is the projection part. <laughs> hey, self-reflection. If you got it, you figured that out. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've been together for five months now. Yes. That's awesome. What was, yeah. what was the first thing that you kind of knew that was different with, with Jen? Then? Not just the 150 first dates. This is, yeah. this person kind of fits those, those five. You know, just dates. the first week that we were hanging out, it just felt really easy and it felt really natural. And like I said, we moved in three weeks after how being did, together. How does someone do that? So it was, you know, I'd, say it was, I'd say it was like oh, circumstantial. God. Yeah. She was in, ta- in town from Toronto where she lived at the time mm-hmm. and she had a place to stay for, you know, a certain amount of time. And once that amount of like once her place where she was staying in was done, she was either going to go back to Toronto or figure out where she was going to stay next. And like, I really, I'm here. I was can really into stay, her. So I'm like, well, you can stay with me as long as you want. Yeah. And you know, five months later, here we are. Now it hasn't, you know, like it's still a relationship. Yep. So yeah. like, you, you still know, got we, work. We, exactly. Which I, you know, I think like is the funny thing is I wanted this relationship so bad. And then once like I actually attracted it in, it's like all a whole set of new challenges and things that pop up in terms yeah. of, you know, having a partner having such a close mirror who sees, who looks at me more than I'm looking at myself. So it's, it's been so transformational. I feel like I've learned so much. I've been challenged so much and I'm having an amazing time. And, uh, is this the first long-term relationship since the 11 year relationship and you having gone on this journey is, 
I've like had a couple like yeah. more short lived yeah. things. I had like a four month, I had a six month relationship last year, but mm. uh, I mean, this one, I mean, it's been five months, but like we're already talking long term. Yeah. So it, it really feels uh, really aligned. How have you felt your relationships have changed since? Because you, you went on this journey four years ago. How yeah. have you felt like you, your relationships have changed since? Or at least changed yeah, since like the 11 year like, one? Yeah, romantic and personal relationships. Yeah. yeah, I think I have a lot more confidence in myself than I did in the past. And I think a lot of that has to do with having the courage to explore my authentic truth outside of the expectations of my family and what I felt like I needed to do, like, which led me down the corporate rabbit hole. So by pushing into my edge and ultimately, you know, doing the emotional intelligence stuff, leaving the job to start the podcast, starting to send the personalized videos, giving a TEDx talk on it, now building an app about it. I just, I, I have a, I'm like way more comfortable in my skin than I ever was in the past. Like, am I, have I feel like I reached the destination? No, absolutely You're still not. On the journey, that's I am great. insecure every single day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, certain things that I'm insecure about are different than things that I was insecure about in the past. Yeah, in terms of my confidence as like a friend or as you know someone who shares openly. Like I know that those are things that I feel comfortable with. That shows up in the form of relationship yeah. for sure. I am grateful now as to what happened uh, and you know why like. You know, the divorce happened. My ex-wife is a lesbian. That's why we got divorced. Full transparency. That will do it. <laughs> that will do it. It was very tough for me to accept, even yeah. though, you know, I stand for authenticity. Yeah. It was still a tough thing to accept because I could only, like, I, at the time, could only see it from my own perspective. And I thought maybe I just, I wasn't good enough or not worthy. So it was like big emotional, personal yeah. things that I needed to work through in order to get to the other side. Like if you had just stayed in that relationship and for she sure. had never like actually found her true self and you had never met Jen or even like connected yourself in the confidence where you are now, like think about how that change was so, so important. Yeah. Thank you for bringing it full circle. Cause yeah. oftentimes, you know, we don't really know what our life is going to look like outside of our current circumstances. And I certainly thought that if that relationship, the marriage was going to end, that my life was going to be terrible. And in turn, you know, it's those moments where we learn what we're really made of and we can either be a victim to our circumstances and I could always be depressed about the fact that my wife left me or I could use it as an opportunity to really discover who I am. I am and to be someone who I always wanted to be or who, who I never knew I could be. Yeah. And I feel like that has been the path. So I think distilling it down to answer your question, I think that I'm just a lot more comfortable in who I am and grateful for the road that I've taken now Mm -hmm. that I don't have some of the same uh, levels of insecurity and cohabitancy and codependency in relationship that I used to have uh, in the past. That's That's wonderful. wonderful. That's awesome. Personal jinx. (laughs) It's really great. And I think that's something that you were saying kind of how insecurity, it still creeps in and it's not something that just like, I'm confident now. So insecurity doesn't penetrate me. It doesn't, doesn't come into my life anymore. I close that door. Like, no, it's something that even people who have become very successful or who have seemed very confident on the outside or who are confident people have to face with. And with our podcast, I think we're trying to showcase that within different topics and as well with mental health, that just because you've gone to therapy or you have, you're on medication or different, or you found a route that really helps you and works with you doesn't mean that your depression is completely gone Mm -hmm. or anxiety is curable. It's still something that creeps in and you just have new tools to deal with it and how to really reflect on yourself. 
so so true. It's a constant process. There's four seasons a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just just like that, there's even if you're feeling really good right now, I'm not, I'm not trying to jinx it by any means, but in reality, a new season will come. Absolutely. And, and if you're that honest with yourself and with other people, they can, they can also help you out too. You're not just struggling with this by yourself and no one knows about it, which is uh, also a wonderful tool to help you out with it. I wanted to talk a little bit about your podcast as we're nearing the end here. Sure. I guess just describe the, the podcast, uh, what you do every episode and such like that. Sure. In terms of the approach you're saying? Yeah. Or? Yeah. yeah. So what I love to do with the podcast is just to show and celebrate shared truths. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of got the, you know, double meaning, a shared truth, like someone could share their truth Mm -hmm. or it could literally be representing something that's so deeply relatable to someone else. So usually what I will do is uh, most of the episodes have been interview episodes where I interview somebody else. A number of other episodes have been like episodes where I've just shared about a certain topic, usually something that I'm struggling with that I want to perfect. So I do a deep dive on it and like essentially like a book report. Mm-hmm. And that usually helps me in whatever I'm going through. A couple of weeks ago, I did one on risk taking because I saw an opportunity where I wasn't taking a risk and I was holding myself back. That's kind of an example, but mm-hmm. I aim to tell the most relatable stories and just create a safe space for whoever I'm having on the show to feel comfortable sharing openly and vulnerably and maybe sharing a little bit deeper than they normally would on these subjects. Because, you know, most people I have on the show, it's not the first time that they're telling their story. They've told it a bunch of times. So I usually like to explore Practically a script at that point. Right, yeah, yeah. Right, and I try to circumvent the stories too mm-hmm. because they're not going to be proud of it if they say the same thing that they always say. So I try to kind of circumvent that, you know, just ask them a lot of questions about realness, what they're working on, and just to try to get deep into the shared humanity. Very cool. And the, you, yeah. you've mentioned it a few times, and I did want to bring it up too, the yeah. app. You've yes. mentioned it. Yes. What, what is the app you're embarking so on? So I am building it, and it is uh, a labor of love. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's not easy. Idea, uh, <laughs> like a year ago, and it just, I've never built any tech before. So it's uh, it really was inspired by sending out the birthday videos and seeing how that has transformed my relationships, as well as seeing kind of the isolation problem that we have today in terms of loneliness. And, you know, you may or may not identify with being someone who is lonely, but we all feel alone and lonely at times. And it could be, to put that in different words, we could feel out of touch from the people that we care about, you know, lost in work, lost in, you know, a Netflix show. And we just, you know, maybe go a week at a time without get lost connecting with the people shows. we care about and stuff like that. <laughs> so... Well, the app is called Love Bomb, and the purpose of the app is to never feel out of touch again. Building a a basic mechanism where you choose who's most important to you and who you want to keep in close touch with, and it's got a mechanism and a vehicle to make it really easy to keep in touch with people, to know what to say, to nurture beautiful relationships that are actually alive and present. So you don't go weeks at end without communicating with your closest people. You don't let important relationships to you go stale. You don't forget to call your grandparents for two months, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I was sitting there on the way here wondering, when was the last time I talked to my mom? I can't remember. 
but I think it's been a little bit. Yeah. I should probably call her. Yeah. <laughs> I talk to my mom every day. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. I, I know. I need to get in the habit of that. It's how much longer you think until the app is out? <laughs> I'm hoping yeah. by the end of the year. Of 2019? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. In November, the week of November, I think 11th to yeah. like 19th, something somewhere in there. It's a National Kindness Week. Yeah. So oh, that is the that's a heck week of a goal. that I'm that's awesome. kind of targeting. So yeah, I've got like a clickable prototype right yeah, now, okay. and it's just uh, making some final tweaks and then finding someone who's going to actually build it out. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. I'm really looking forward yeah, to seeing I that. I'm excited to share with you guys. Yeah. yeah I want to yeah. be a part of that app. I think that there's so many different connections that we want to be reminded to stay on top of and even certain family members that we don't think to to talk to as much and such and or even if we just need reminders about it and to have that that way of really connecting and in kind of ways to show how to to best be receptive sounds really great. So yeah. That's what I live for. Yeah, that's awesome. You're doing great work. Thank you so (laughs) much for coming on. Where can people find you and the podcast and all those good things? Yep. So areyoubeingreal.com is the website. And Instagram, I usually say, is a good, like, you know, good entry point. At areyoubeingreal is the the name. That's where it is. And I'm doing some kind of cool projects as well because having this podcast for four years and telling so many awesome stories of, like, really cool people and who are standing for what they believe in and sharing so openly and honestly on the podcast, I I felt like something's been missing for a really long time. And that is to be able to showcase anyone's voice. So I'm working on starting a new project called People Being Real. And uh, I have an Instagram. I think you can find it just by going to the at Are You Being Real page. But feel free to check that out. And if you want to get involved, uh, we'd love to have you because we just want to like my mission is to support anyone and everyone in being as authentic as they can be, both, uh, you know, for themselves for the relationships uh, as well as in this online world where uh, I think it's very far now. from authentic. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to, to be yourself in this because it's so easy to just put out the best parts. Or to and, find like who's you and not just that you're reflecting off of someone else. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I know yeah. I was, I used to always be the person where it's like, I'm going to go to this event, not because I actually want to go to this event, but because I want to take the picture so people <laughs> think I'm cool. <laughs> I get it. I've done it so many times. Yeah. So. I posted a picture of me like a week or two ago on social media and I was just like, oh, like this just just feels so gross. It was just like a picture of just me in it. I'm like, it just feels so egoic and I posted it, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty over it (laughs) these days. Hashtag might delete later. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much. We very much appreciate you coming on Is there anything else you'd like to plug or anything else you want to kind of leave with, with our audience of what? kind of authentic how they can be or what what you want to leave behind well just my last words of of wisdom and advice is let people see you i have the courage to be yourself let people see you there's only one of you there's only one of each of us and it's our job to be ourself and i know sometimes when we isolate ourselves when we don't speak up and bite our tongue it only you know fuels that inner critic Versus, you know, it's really stepping into your light and sharing more of who you are because, you know, we, that's who we, the world needs. We need more people to be themselves and to be bold and to speak their truths. And you just never know who else you could touch by simply by simply being you. So go for it. 
Awesome. awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, I wanted to plug our uh, our sponsor here real quick. We're drinking Phoenix by T-Spectral. So you can go to tspectral.com slash mental to get 10% off. We wanted to be authentic today with you. So yeah. we got our official sponsored tea, Phoenix, for Yeah, today. we have a few awesome. teas we work with, with them, but that one was the one they're like, that's the mentality that's, tea. That's the one we got to go with for Ooh. today. That seems, that seems right. <laughs> it was delicious. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're happy to have had tea with you today. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you guys for having me. This is a treat. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Thank you, Mark. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.